Elementary music teacher friend, you love what you do, but you might feel unappreciated and, in fact, unseen some days. You may even feel like you're on a music teacher island and just want to connect with other music teachers who can relate to both your struggles and wins when it comes to teaching elementary music. I get you and understand completely the feelings you're having. That's why each and every week, the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast will provide you with solo and guest episodes that will help you realize you're not alone in your music teaching journey. Throughout each episode, my goal is for you to be able to walk away with actionable steps and ideas to help you feel like you're ready to take on the new week with whatever challenges may be thrown your way. Hi, I'm your host, Jessica Peresta, and I'm so glad you're here. Whether you're at home, in your car, in the shower, or wherever else you're listening, grab your cup of coffee or whatever other beverage is nearby and listen in to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. Welcome back to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Peresta. I am super excited to have you here today. And this topic that I am going to be discussing is something that I actually really enjoy. So going back to the name of my website, actually, I got asked this question the other day is, why did you choose to call your website The Domestic Musician? And there's a couple reasons, actually. One is because I am actually a pretty organized person. You could label me as a neat freak type A. So my husband always told me, you're so domestic as like sarcastic, a sarcastic statement he said to me all the time. You're just so domestic. And he actually calls me Rosie the Robot sometimes. I don't know if you remember the show The Jetsons. I'm aging myself. Those of you listening who are in your 20s, you're like, what show is that? But anyways, there's this robot on that show and she just like spins in circles and cleans all the time. And that's kind of me. And now that I'm a mom, um, been a mom for a while now, I he just always says you're domestic. And so I'm also a musician, um, obviously a music teacher, musician, pianist. And so when I was thinking about naming my website, I'm like, I mean, it just kind of made sense to call it the domestic musician for myself. But also there's a double reason that it's called the domestic musician. My website is also called that because you as well. My goal in everything I do with my work, this podcast, my membership site, with my blog, all the things is to help you balance your work in your home life, your domestic life, and your musician life or your teacher life. So that is why um, this is a topic that obviously is something I really enjoy discussing. It's something that I really uh It's just helped me in my life having systems in place and organizational hacks in place in order to help me keep moving forward. And so this episode actually is all about organization tips to balance your work and your home life. And throughout the episode, you're going to hear me talk about different blog posts that go right along with this episode. And I'm going to link to several blog posts actually in the show notes So make sure you look for those. In fact, there's a blog post that is called Organization Tips to Balance Your Work and Home Life that go right along, that goes right along with this episode I'm recording today. So this episode is going to be broken into two parts. The first one is about organizing your school life. And the second part of the episode is about organizing your home life. So with that 
said, let's go ahead and dive into the topic of the day. I know that it is easy to feel overwhelmed juggling everything. Whether you are a parent, whether you're single, whether you live with roommates, whatever it might be, it is stressful trying to juggle working and having a home life outside of school. I am still in a teacher role, just not in a classroom setting where I am doing a lot of curriculum development and I am in grad school. And so I'm still in the education world, just not so much teaching. But let me tell you, these organizational tips I set up when I was in the classroom, I still apply to my life today because I think it's so important to have system and systems in place so you can keep your life organized. And that way, it really does help alleviate the stress. So I hope a lot of these tips I'm going to give you, you may already be doing some of them. And if not, hopefully you can apply them to your life in order to help you just be able to not feel the overwhelm so much. And so it's it can feel like it's a lot to handle, having a lot in your life to deal with, obviously. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I have actually said this statement out loud. I feel like I need to clone myself because I feel like there's certain times I need to be stepping into the mom role and work role, grad school role, wife role, friend. And it just sometimes feels like, ah, uh, there's just so much to get done and not a lot of time to do it. So I get you and I feel you and you're not alone in feeling like you're struggling to juggle all the things like a like an actual juggler juggling the balls right and your balls are work and home life balance organizing your school life let's talk about that first there are several ways to keep your school life organized and there are several of you listening to this who have totally different personalities you may label yourself as a type A personality. You may label yourself as type B. You may label yourself as type whatever the other ones are. I don't care what your personality type is because the main goal is for you to know yourself, what organizational tips work for you, and to go with that. There's some, if you're like me, and I've already talked about that at the beginning of the episode, where if you are a super neat freak, <laughs> I got your ducks in a row, then organization for me means I like to keep things neat and orderly. And let me let you, tell you something about that. Okay. When I had children though, um, I had to let a lot of that go because it just was not feasible to be as neat freak as I was before children. Um, and so, but maybe organization to you, it's not keeping everything super clean and tidy. You just want to keep everything going and know what's happening in your life and be able to keep it organized on your calendar, which we're going to get into. So when it comes to organizing your school life, know your personality type first, know what works for you. But remember, the main goal is to just have systems in place and whatever that looks like to help you stick with it. Whatever systems you set up, you want to stick with it. So eventually it becomes a routine for you. The first point about keeping your school life organized is to keep lesson planning simple. Now, I'm not going to do a whole episode about lesson planning. Look in the show notes where I've also linked to some podcast episodes where I talked about lesson planning. But the main thing I want to say is to just keep it simple for yourself. I know from, I do some one-on-one -on -one coaching with music teachers. I do my, in my membership site, we have coaching calls in there and I'm having, I'm mentoring some teachers in there, some new music teachers. And one thing that I, I hear come up a lot, a consistent theme is it becomes overwhelming when there is 
so many things you're learning. Maybe you're saving posts to Instagram. Maybe you are um, receiving new ideas and lessons at a workshop, for example, or you hear another teacher share something. And eventually it all kinds of kind of piles up for you and becomes a little overwhelming. So the first thing I want to say about that is, yes, it can it can be a good thing having great ideas and new ideas to implement, but it can keep you overwhelmed and cause you to feel stress when you're trying to constantly keep up and keep doing new things that come on. So I want to give you permission to keep it simple. And what that looks like for you is what it looks like for you. It's not going to look the same across the board. But what I do know this means is it could mean that you're teaching a similar or the same song to two different grade levels. I'm right now in the middle of planning a full virtual curriculum for a state and um, one of the U.S. states and for music. And one thing that I do, even when I'm planning the virtual curriculum, one thing I did when I was in my classroom, one thing I do in my Harmony membership is sometimes I have the students sing the same song. But what you do is you will look at the standards and say, okay, but fifth grade also needs to do this. So I'm going to, with this song, add this part in. So it's okay to teach the same song. You don't need to plan six different songs across the board for K to fifth grade. It's okay to teach the same song to multiple grade levels and just vary up what you do to it a little bit. Another way you can keep lesson planning simple is to re repeat programs from a previous school year. Maybe you're not doing them back to back, but maybe you're rotating programs every three years. It's okay. And even parents, I have three boys. And I can tell you, I saw one of two, hello, two of my kids do the same program in second grade. And I didn't go up to the music teacher and say, mm, they already did this one. I didn't care. It's fine. Who cares? So you care more about it than others do, right? But keep it simple. Keep, keep your rotation going. Make it simple for yourself to keep repeating what you're doing and make it, that's a way to keep it organized. It's keeping it simple. Another idea to keep lesson planning simple is it's actually okay to use the same lesson plans year to year to year. You do not have to reinvent the wheel every year. You don't have to do that. It's okay to pull out lesson plans. Let's say it's the week of October the 1st and you're looking at your lesson plans going, okay, what did I do last October 1st? But what you can do is pull those up and we're going to talk about how to organize that in a minute. Pull those lesson plans up and say, what did I like about this? What do I want to do instead? Is there a different song or activity I would like to do here? And then that way you're not reinventing the wheel, but you can adjust and modify a little bit based on where you're at this school year. You will maybe sometimes get burnt out from teaching the same things over and over, but save those lesson plans. Don't just go, okay, well, that school year's done. I'm going to be done with this whole um, lesson planning. No, use them again. Look at ways you can use them. And so look in the, in, in the show notes. I, in this blog post that I wrote this week to go along with this episode, am linking to all these different blog posts as well. But I want you to look in the show notes because I'm linking to um, different blog posts that'll help you as well as and also podcast episodes. But in the tips on lesson planning for music teachers, I talk about a lot of what I'm saying right now is um, do what's called backwards planning, where you look at the standards first. What are you teaching? It could be by nine weeks. It could be by each week. And then you're going to slowly plan objectives. And then you're going to lesson plan the content. 
and then figure out how you're going to teach that content and assess. So that is part of lesson planning is to keep it simple by saving the lesson plans from the school year before by repeating things. It's okay to repeat stuff. And then to look at the bigger picture first, your scope and sequence, then plan backwards. And maybe this is something that's a new concept to you where you're like, uh, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm used to just pulling out a lesson plan and saying, I want to teach this this week. It kind of sort of covers the objectives I'm wanting to cover, but I'm not sure if it does. But when you look at planning long-term, you go backwards, which is a little bit different. But um, what you do is you look at your scope and sequence, you look at what objectives you're wanting to teach, then you say, what do I want to do to teach those particular standards with my students? That is actually, it's something that takes some work up front to do. But once you do it, it really does help you in the long run because then you're able to simplify your planning because you already know what you're covering with your students and how you're wanting to teach them. If that is totally confusing, what I just said, because I know that's a lot and I'm not going to go deep into that in this podcast episode. Like I said, look for the links in the show notes where I link to some podcast episodes and blog posts that will help you with deconstructing music standards and tips on lesson planning and how to backwards plan. Another way to keep your school life organized besides keeping lesson planning simple is to have folders and systems. This is something that seems like it's um, obvious, right? But let me tell you the wrong way to do this. And I'm speaking from experience here. I can't tell you how many times I'm trying to find maybe a PDF I created, an image, uh, a lesson plan, whatever it might be. And I just maybe saved it to my computer. (laughs) And sometimes I save it to the complete wrong place. There was uh, the other day I was looking for a particular PDF and I cannot find it anywhere. I'm like, I thought I saved it. Where is this? Where is it? I had saved it to my desktop. And why? I don't know. And it's not like that's a bad thing to do, but talk about feeling unorganized because it took me 15 minutes to find this dang PDF where if I had just saved it where it should have been saved, I would have found it really quickly. So instead of doing that, and maybe you're like me and there's nothing wrong with doing that, but yeah, like let's keep things a little bit more organized, right? What I do is, and when I remember to save it to the right place, is when I say have folders and systems in place for your school life is I'm currently looking at my computer screen and I have folders saved for several different things. So your folders on your actual computer screen, I'm talking about where you bookmark your less, maybe you have a bookmark tab and you're bookmarking lesson plans, have folders sitting on your screen where you're organizing it by grade level. Where if you have a lesson idea, which I mentioned earlier that you see online or you find on the internet or wherever, which is the same thing while online and internet, but you know what I mean. Maybe you're saving that to a particular folder for grade level. Maybe you don't want to have it specifically K first, second, third, fourth, fifth. Maybe you just have a folder created for lower elementary or upper elementary. But here we're going to go a little bit deeper. In those folders, you can have subfolders. So maybe you are labeling it lower elementary and underneath that folder have a subfolder that you have particular standards, going back to what I said in point number one, where you are saying, let's say for example, lower elementary and you have a subfolder that says steady beat. That way, anytime you find a lesson idea for steady beat, you're gonna save it right there in that folder. So 
when you are planning, when you're planning your lessons, and we talked about even going back to lessons from the previous school year, and you get to the section where you are teaching the standard of steady beat, and you say, mm, I've taught this lesson a few times, and although this will be new to my students, I'm ready to change things up and do something new. You have that easily stored in a folder where you can reference it and go to it quickly to find what you're wanting. And you can look through there and look at the ideas you saved and say, mm, this one would work. I'm going to use that. That is one way that really helps with your teacher life is organizing your folders. Maybe you don't want to do it on your computer tab, for example, like your bookmarks tab. Maybe you save everything in a Google Drive. Um, that's a great way to keep up with systems, um, organizing your teacher life as well, is what you do is same thing, have folders, have subfolders, and maybe it's all right there in your Google Drive. And what's great about Google Drive is you can store docs, Google Sheets, uh, Google Jamboards, Google Slides, Google everything right there in those folders and subfolders where you keep everything right there organized. You can also have folders not just per grade level and for standard, but for your teacher life for maybe it's class list, maybe it is assessment you're keeping track of. Maybe it is programs you're planning. Have folders for everything and make sure you label them by what you're doing so you can definitely go back and look at those and have everything saved so you know exactly where to go when you sit down to plan and you know your planning time is not very long. So when you have that laid out, you know where to go and what to do when you open a folder. Okay, so we talked about organizing your lessons by folders, having a system in place that works for you, keeping lesson planning simple. And another great tip for organizing your teacher life, especially your music teacher life, is to schedule out programs. Programs is something that everybody does them differently. And we're not going to get into the different types of programs and performances you can do, but I do have a blog post linked in here for you to look at that about five ways to put on a successful program. But what we're going to talk about here is to put it on your calendar. When I say schedule out your programs, one thing that works tremendously well and this goes back to long-term planning, that goes right into planning your programs too, is the end of this school year, I want you to map out on the calendar next school year's programs where you're looking at your calendar and you're saying, and maybe it's a tentative date. Maybe your district is like, we can't plan that out that far ahead of time. And your principal's like, uh, they, yeah, we're, we don't know what's happening next school year. But tentatively, maybe say, all right, I'm going to, with my second graders in November, we're going to do our program in November and I'd like to do it week one or two. Put that tentatively on your calendar, maybe put it in pencil so you can change it or put it on your Google calendar and you can just maybe put it in italic so you remind yourself that that's a tentative date. So what you're going to do is you're looking at next school year before the school year's up. At the very end of the school year, look at that. And the reason why you're doing this is so when you put the dates on the calendar, then you can backwards plan. Going back to that scary word of backwards planning, right? But what you're going to be able to do is when you tentatively have the dates on the calendar, you sort of know what theme you're going to be doing. You've discussed it with your principal. They have approved it. They're like, yes, I'm in agreement with that. That sounds like a great program idea for this grade level or these combined grade levels, however you do it at your school. 
Then you'll be able to, over the summer, find the music you're needing for your program. You're going to be able to say, this is the theme. These, This is the music I want to do. I found this amazing program on Music K8 or wherever you find your programs. Or I already have this music in my classroom that we've already, we're going to be singing these songs and we're going to be implementing this into the program. Great. Plan that out. Plan what you're wanting to do, what music you want to do. Then I want you to on your calendar, you're not just looking at the calendar to plan the date of your program, but you're going to say, if that's in November, what do I need to do in August, September, if your school starts in August, um, or if you start in September, what do I need to do in the months leading up to the program when I'm backwards planning to get this program ready? Don't wait until October for a November program and all of a sudden go, what do I need to do to get it ready? Plan as long-term and long-range as you can so you can stay organized. And then when it comes time to the program, you're going to feel a lot less stressed and more excited about it because you're not going to be frazzled and last minute trying to get everything done. The last idea, and of course I could be here all day sharing organizing tips for your school life, but I wanted to share four things with you and then we're going to switch gears and go into your home life. But have a plan for assessment. I mentioned assessing your students earlier, but when this is a big topic, right? Assessing your students, it's a big topic to talk about. And there's a lot that goes into it. There is informal and formal assessment. There's different requirements put on you from whatever school you work at, how you enter grades, what do you need to see your students doing when it comes to, are they understanding the standards and concepts you're teaching? But what I want to say is having a plan is the goal. You having a plan that works for you. And what this looks like for you will look different for everyone. And I know I say that all the time, but I really want to keep enforcing that and reinforcing that, I mean, so you can really really get that in your head that it's okay to do things the way it works for you. But once you've looked at your standards each nine weeks and you brain, I want you to brainstorm how you're going to assess those standards. It will be a mixture of informal and formal assessment and This can be done by opening a Google Doc and brainstorming ideas for individual, partner, small group, and whole class. I can't say the word class. I almost said whole class. Whole class instruction. So when we talked about those folders earlier, however you're saving folders, when you have already saved ideas for Steady Beat, I want you to maybe in a Google Doc have a section where it says assessment and then Steady Beat. How are you planning to assess your students for steady beat? Think of informal ideas and formal ideas where students can internalize steady beat, understand steady beat, where they're not just doing paper pencil. There's nothing wrong with that, but they're getting around, they're moving, they're experiencing it, they're having discussions about it, where they're understanding that concept. So put ideas down. And then when it comes time for you to plan lesson plans, you'll be able to look at your assessment ideas and go, oh, I'm going to do this because this will definitely be able to help me in assessing my students. And another idea for assessment is if it is a formal assessment, like let's say exit tickets, or if you are creating worksheets, then use a template. I can't tell you how many times on Canva, if you're not familiar with Canva, this is what I use for pretty much every graphic I create, worksheet worksheet I create, template I create. I use Canva. Now there's a lot of other amazing 
templates out there where you can use that you can use to create things. But on Canva, one thing I love to do is I literally have a template. I go in, I use that same template I've already created and I change it out every week, depending on what it is. You can do the same thing. You don't need to reinvent the wheel every week. Just if you are using it to make exit tickets, depending on what concept and objective you're teaching, go in, use that template and change it out. Keep things simple, that keep things organized, and you will eventually find that you're able to, once your organizational ideas are in place, you're going to feel a lot less overwhelmed. There's no magic wand and magic fix for all this, of course, but you will start feeling a little bit more, okay, I got this under my belt. I am able to move forward in teaching and I have some systems in place that are going to help me. Now let's switch gears and talk about organizing your home life. What season of life you're in is going to play a part in how you organize your home life, obviously. But let me tell you, as an elementary music teacher, I taught when I was single and I lived in a house of roommates. I taught when I was married and I taught as a mom. All of, all of these are equally stressful. All of them have equal things that contribute to the stress building But all of them, I really, in each season of my life, really created organizational tips and strategies that completely helped me in my home life as a teacher. And I want to share this with you. Your goal is for when you get home, you want to be able to relax and unwind. You completely deserve to. There's always some kind of errand, chore, or task that needs to get done at home. And unfortunately, there always will be, right? But with some organizational tips and systems in place, you're going to begin to get that self-care a little bit more that you've been needing. So there is a whole blog post I linked to, actually two of them. One is if you're a mom and you're wanting to juggle your work and your mother life, then there's a blog post that's perfect for you and that find it in the show notes. And also there is a whole blog post I wrote about teacher work, home life balance. And in there, I'm just going to go quickly. I talked about giving yourself grace, sticking to a schedule, keeping work at work as much as you can. I know that's not possible every day. Do as much as you can at night and then take care of yourself. And obviously in that post, I go through a lot more in those topics in detail. But the main thing is to have organizational ideas and systems in place to keep your life organized. So in this episode, the first thing I want to talk about is putting everything on your calendar. Everything goes on my calendar. Like I'm talking everything, like minute details. And let me give you an example. Just this week, I opened up and looked at my calendar so I could share this with you guys is I have vacuumed the house on one of the days. (laughs) I literally put that on my calendar. I have a podcast interview where I have that scheduled out with a guest. And then I have son's basketball practice. Now, if I go through every single thing on my calendar each day, we'd be here for 10 hours. But I just pulled three different ideas from my calendar to share with you. One is about my home life. One was about something with work. And one was in my mom life. And those things all go in on my calendar. One, even vacuuming. Wow, like why would you put that on your calendar? Because if it's not there, I won't do it. Because that's the way my brain works. I'm very visual and that's the way my brain works. But what I want you to do is put, whether it's a big thing or a little thing, I want you to put it on your calendar. Google Calendar is great because you can share it with others. 
And let me tell you, my husband and I, air quote, share a Google calendar, although he doesn't always look at it and remember, even if I send him reminders, but it is great for that purpose. I have a Google calendar for work life and home life. And on my work life, I can share different parts of my calendar with different people that need to see it versus they don't need to see me vacuuming my house, obviously. So I love Google Calendar because it can be color coded and things like that. But other great ideas for calendar organization is I use Asana for work. Uh, My amazing Katie who works with me, she and I share tasks on there. I'm able to organize my tasks for other parts of my work life that don't involve my, my business, but I'm contracting for several other education companies and I'm able to really put tasks on there that need to get done. But the main goal here is to write down tasks so you don't forget them, whether it's the simplest of things or whether it's bigger things. A calendar will help you so much for when you're able to find those open pockets of time where you you have chores to get done. We're like, all right, I have two hours here. What do I need to get done? This this thing needs to get done now. And you know, there's always things that come up in life last minute that need to happen where it's like, you know, your car gets a flat tire or whatever, or a kiddo needs to go to the doctor and those open pockets of time. If you have your calendar organized, you'll be able to look at it and go, okay, on Wednesday at four o'clock, I don't have anything going on that afternoon. So this will be the time I'm going to do that random thing that popped up in my life. Awesome. And also the other thing I want to say is you also on your calendar, when you have everything organized, you're able to find those open pockets of time to schedule in relaxing, which is super important and to also schedule in times to have fun. Another organizational tip for your life is let's talk about meal and grocery planning. (laughs) And I used to just fly by the seat of my pants and go, I'll just buy this frozen meal here and we're going to eat out here. And I don't know, we ran out of groceries because I didn't keep up with what I need to get done. One thing that works amazingly well is to meal plan each week. Now, don't make fun of me. And maybe you're like, oh my gosh, what, how, why? (laughs) Let me tell you, it's not, I'm not one of those people. And if you are, I am very jealous of you of having different meals planned every single day of the week. But for me, I love to do crock pot at least once a week. Maybe my family's not thrilled with that, but it is what it is where we plan something that we can eat on two nights in a row. Okay. But what I like to do is going back to the calendar is I look at what me and my entire family have going on for the week. I say, okay, what do we have going on for the week? When do we have something at night? Which let me tell you, and I'm not joking, we have usually something four nights a week. And that's not an exaggeration. It's insane around here. Um, Sometimes five nights. So with that said, I look at the calendar. I say, what do we have going on? And then what can I plan to cook or are we going to cook that night? Are we just going to do something easy like sandwiches or is this going to be a fast food night? When you look ahead of time though and say, what do we have going on? Then you can know how to meal plan accordingly. So on the weekend, if we have plans with family and friends, I jot that down as well. I put everything down so I know what's going on and what meals I need to plan. How many dinners do I need to plan that week? Then I begin filling in the rest of the week with what meals we'll be able to eat and what I need to make those dinners. Also on the grocery list, put down what else you need for groceries, right? You need other groceries besides just dinners. And then 
choose a day to go to the store. It, it can be the same day every week. You might want to go every week and a half. I don't care what day that looks like for you, but maybe you want to go into this store or to save your sanity, I would highly suggest doing a grocery order. If you have that where you live, then that really has helped me a lot, being able to schedule that out and just pulling in, having them bring my groceries out and then coming home. And that really does help. And the last organizational tip I want to share for your home life is laundry hacks. I know laundry, if you're like me, is easy to get behind in it, (laughs) especially now that I have a family of five. Laundry is kind of my arch nemesis. We always have socks that get lost and it just becomes overwhelming. It's always that thing kind of looming over your head. It needs to get done, but it's also like, oh my gosh, like this is the last thing I want to do today. But one thing that has worked amazingly well for me is doing one load of laundry a day. Now, don't like turn this episode off and be like, "Uh uh-uh, you're crazy. I'm not doing that. But what what I'm getting at is I put a load of laundry in every morning and then I just put it in there. I forget about it. Then that afternoon, I will transfer it to the dryer. And then before bed, I try to, try is the key word here, fold that load of laundry and put it away before I go to bed. Now, does it always happen that way? No. Is that my goal? Yes. So maybe your goal, if you're like, I can't do laundry every single day, I'm going to go crazy. Then maybe you set aside three to four times a week to do laundry and try to do it that way where it's morning, afternoon, evening. So that way you feel like you're able to keep on top of the laundry a little bit more and it's not, you're not feeling like you're buried in it, right? (laughs) But just keeping up a system that works for you is the goal here. I hope these organizational tips for school and home give you some ideas that you can implement. Of course, I can't cover every single area of organization, but that's why I'm also linking to several um, podcast episodes and blog posts that you can refer to as well that'll give you a little bit more detail about some of these things and go into them a little bit um, deeper. And I hope that this episode helped you, even if just a little bit, just giving you some ideas to help you organize your brain a little more and your life a little more and to give you some systems that work for you. Have an amazing week and I will see you soon. Well, hey there. Thank you so much for listening into the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. There is an exclusive Facebook group just for listeners of this podcast and any elementary music teacher called the Elementary Music Teacher Community Facebook Group. Come on over and join us there where we have conversations around the podcast episodes and encourage each other each and every week. And also head to my website, thedomesticmusician.com. I have some free resources there that you can download to help you gain traction in your classroom today as well as the blog and the membership site and all kinds of other goodies to help you keep going in your music teaching journey. I cannot wait to keep connecting with you and encouraging you and spurring you on in your journey of teaching elementary music. Hang in there, have an amazing week, and I will see you soon.